I love speaking, when I was asked to speak about generosity, I think it was last year, and I thought, oh, I love that subject, it's one of my favourite subjects. Because of what I do, um, I've been taught by many people to be generous. Uh, the founder of our organisation was generous. He gave away, we think, about $23 million in his lifetime, Eugene Veith, some of you may have heard of him. And uh, he started an organisation called Mission Enterprises, which is now the Entrust Foundation. And Eugene died with not a lot of money, enough to give his grandchildren a couple of thousand dollars each. Uh, he was wondering how he'd pay for his funeral a few weeks, months before he died. But he'd been generous his whole life. And he said, don't wait till you think you've got enough before you start giving. Start with what God has given you right now. It's something that we've, uh, we've uh, learnt in our lives as well. We've known what it is, like the Apostle Paul, to have a lot. And we've known what it is to live on little. For six years, Julie and I lived on two ships. Uh, not at the same time, but two different ships. <laughs> and uh, we, uh, we travelled the world with uh, Operation Mobilisation. And our pocket money, we had to raise our support and it was given to the organisation. We got food and somewhere to sleep and our travel uh, organised. But our pocket money, our income for six years was 10 US dollars each, whether we needed it or not. And that was our discretionary spend for six years. But you know something? We never ever went without. And we were able to give a little bit of that $10 back to other people who needed it more than we did. God provided for us in ways that you could not even begin to imagine. And our experience has been that when we've been generous, that God is generous to us. I don't know whether you've ever heard about cooking with poo. It sounds a terrible thing to discuss in church, doesn't it? Last week, uh, yeah, a week ago, ten days ago, uh, Julie and I were in Bangkok in Thailand. And, uh, and Shom Pu is a very, very close friend of ours. I've known her now for seven or eight years. And uh, she was a, a, a young mum living in a slum called Klong Toy in Bangkok. And she met a couple called Ash and Angie Barker from Australia who moved and moved to live in the slum with uh, Pooh and Care, her husband. And Pooh made her living by, by um, boiling rice in the morning and putting it in little packets and selling it to other people within the slum community. And Care, her husband, had a little motorcycle. He was a motorcycle taxi driver. I don't know whether you've been to Bangkok, but one of the ways to get around if the cabs, the traffic's awful. Motorcycle taxi driver will pick you up, put you on the bike, weed through all the traffic and drop you at the other end of the street for a few baht, if you're game enough. But, uh, but Pooh was selling rice in the slum and making enough to scratch a living and to just about feed her children and with Care's income from the motorcycle taxi uh, was able to, uh, to help supplement the family income. Living in the worst slum in uh, Thailand, uh, 100,000 people jammed into two square kilometres been in there many times, I've spent the night there once, that was exciting. But um, Entrust, uh, um, Entrust helped Pooh by funding a start-up for a cooking class. Angie and Ash Barker saw that she had a passion for cooking, saw that she could cook more than just rice, she could cook amazing Thai food. And with a bit of coaching and encouragement, because she was very shy and very retiring and didn't speak any English, Pooh learned some English and then with Angie's help and our seed funding started up this business and they called it Cooking with Pooh. And of course the, uh, the, the name captured, uh, captured people's attention as you can imagine and, uh, and uh, Pooh started her cooking school so we provided the funds for a little van that Care bought 
he'd go to a pick-up place and pick up ten tourists and take them with Pooh and, uh, and uh, Oi, a, a friend of hers, and they'd go to the wet market in, in Klong Toy in Bangkok. And if it swam or it croaked or it barked or it uh, did anything, it was available in this market and often live. And uh, he'd, she'd give the tourists a look around the market, which no one would ever be game to go to on their own because it was a local market. And, uh, and then she'd take them back to the slum and she'd set up some little burners, um, uh, gas cookers, and she'd teach these farang, the foreigners, how to cook Thai food and they would pay her for the privilege. Apu attends regularly a Friday night Bible study. Is she a believer? God knows. But she has a real faith and she has seen that God has been faithful in her life and, uh, and she attends this Friday night Bible study uh, in Bangkok. She's invited by Jamie Oliver, uh, the well-known chef, to go to the UK and to do a TV programme. So cooking with Pooh and Jamie Oliver <laughs> has been done and uh, she has this apron which she had made. I cooked with Pooh and I liked it. <laughs> um, if you think seven or eight years down the track, uh, Pooh has uh, written a cookbook. She's d- done a cookbook. And uh, that's the slum actually where she uh, lives. That's just one of the little streets and wide enough to get a motorbike through. It's built on top of what they call a black swamp, which is just swampland with effluent and garbage and you wouldn't want to fall in there, you'd need a stomach pump. There's Pooh, that's her cooking book, Cooking with Pooh. And uh, that book has now sold 20,000 copies. It's the largest selling book in the Bangkok International Airports and it won the, title, the most unusual title of the year at the Frankfurt Book Fair uh, and she's done this, uh, this uh, cooking uh, uh, TV program with Jamie Oliver in the UK. When I was there uh, just last week with Julie, um, we had dinner with her. She's a friend. We don't, ha- we don't help her anymore. We don't need to. She's actually quite, uh, quite financially well off now. But right from the beginning, she was taught that when she was doing the cooking class, if you had any food left over, she'd package it up. The foreigners didn't eat it. They wouldn't take it back to their hotels with them. She'd package it up and she'd give it out to people in the slum who were needy. And as the cooking class grew and as the, as the thing grew, she then started to employ some of the women in the slum who had no income and she paid them a little wage and she worked for them and she gave them a fair wage and she learnt, was taught by Angie and us to give back when God's blessed you, it's your obligation, responsibility to give back to help others. So when I was there, uh, she said, oh, it's very excited to see us because as I say, we're very close friends. And her husband, Care, and half a dozen others, Davis Lobby of the Davis Hotel, which is a reasonable hotel in Bangkok. Six people walk in and ties don't hug each other, but there's arms around everyone and hugging and all the reception people are looking like, what have we got here? She gave me uh, an envelope and she said, Richard, she said, there's a gift in here for Entrust. She said, I follow you on Facebook and when I travel to places like the Congo and in other parts, Myanmar, I always put a few pictures up on Facebook just to say what we're doing and and a a little bit about our projects. And she said, I've been watching you on Facebook. I see what you do. I see where you go. I see that there are people in the world who are far uh, needier than me. And she said, here's a gift for Entrust. She said, you put it to the project that you think is the most needy. Inside that envelope was 50,000 baht, which is about 2,000 Australian dollars, which when I worked it out is about five months of an average Thai worker's wage. And I was very moved at her generosity. And she said, my mother told me, Richard, uh, her mother told her, Pooh, now that you're successful, whatever that looks like, 
Never ever forget the people that helped you start. Never ever forget the people that helped you get to where you are. And she said, so now Richard, she said, I give money to you, I give money to my friends, we have a staff party, I look after them, I look after their children, I give money in the community, I'm funding people to start up small businesses. And she has become quite the entrepreneur in Klong Toy. Uh, and people will also abuse her and, and, and uh, squeeze her and, and put pressure on her to uh, be generous. So I wanted to sh- start talking about generosity by telling you the story of Pooh. Because Pooh was shown generosity in her early days, seven, eight years ago, and now she's, that's been modelled to her and she's doing it to other people and, and they say this uh, significant gift for Entrust was a real blessing to us. I wonder how generous are we? The dictionary gives us a definition showing a readiness to give more of something, especially money, than is strictly necessary or expected. Let me say it again. Showing a readiness to give more of something, especially money, that is strictly, um, there's more than strictly necessary or expected. The thing that I've learnt about our giving and my giving is it's actually not about the amount. It's about the heart with which we give. If we give $1,000 begrudgingly, it really has no value because we resent it. We're better to give $100 with great joy and gratitude to God than a large amount of money begrudgingly. Or the other is true as well. If you've only got $10 and you give that begrudgingly, you're probably better to leave it in your pocket because it's about attitude. We read this verse uh, about the Pharisees making a fuss of their giving. It was read to us earlier. The widow's mite, the two small copper coins that were put in the offering, Jesus observed was far more valuable than the whole of the collection from all the other people. Why? Because she gave with the right attitude. She gave with uh, the attitude of wanting to be generous. The next thing I wanted to ask you is, do we give out of uh, generosity? Uh, When we're generous, do we give out of obligation or do we give out of duty? I think I can make this work if I point it in the right direction. So is it is our generosity, obligation, duty or is it to be blessed? I know there are people around who uh, actually uh, would say that if we want to be blessed then we have to give. And they give because they want a blessing not because the giving is important. They're called prosperity doctrinal prosperity people. And so you give to get more yourself. So it's a very selfish way of thinking about giving. But we give as unto the Lord. We give to honour him. We give because that's what he's asked us to do for no other reason. And the Bible says if we do that with the right attitude, with the right heart, that we will be blessed in the process. I put up this $50 because I want to tell you about two people. One is a friend of mine who keeps $50 folded up and tucked in a special place in his wallet. And he said, I keep it there because I just asked the Lord, one day I come across someone who needs $50 and I'm ready to give. Ready on the spot. He said, often I'll be in a situation and the Lord says, Alan, that 50 bucks, it's for this person. He said, it's exciting. He said, open my wallet. He said, the money's there. And he said, it goes. He said, that's an exciting thing to do. My sister-in-law, Anne, is a bit of a battler. She uh, cleans houses for a living. She's got bad arthritis and she works part-time and she struggles to pay the bills and the mortgage and everything else. But every time she knows I'm going overseas, uh, and it's several times a year, she always turns up at our place and she says, Richard, here's $50. Uh, she, she cleans a church actually for, for uh, one of her customers and she just comes Saturday morning from the church and she'd be given the $50 for two hours work. 
she came and she gave it to me she said could you give it to someone that needs it more than me and, uh, and we always have a great delight in choosing who we'll give Anne's $50 to and I'll often put that up on Facebook my sister-in-law has given 50 bucks and this is what we've done with it this time and uh, it's an example to others and it's to encourage Anne that her $50 anyone's $50 actually makes a significant difference do we give uh, out of obligation do we give out of duty or we, do we give to be a blessing I want to suggest that there are things that we can be generous with apart from, uh, apart from money and uh, one of the things that I find is the most pressured thing that I have to manage is my time lots of demands on time lots of offers to help people lots of invitations could you sit on this board could you meet me here could you come and do this I'd love to have more time with you I actually have a, a friend who's a, um, uh, quite a wealthy man and I play golf with him to build a relationship and to get to know him better and he's been on a trip with me and uh, one day I think uh, God will touch his heart and he'll do something but uh, I spent five hours at this uh, it was a, a um, fundraising golf tournament that a, a friend was doing we were raising money for an organisation we got to the end of this five hours around this round of golf and my friend Jim said oh Richard he said thanks for playing golf with me he said can we do it again next week I like spending time with you and I went oh man I've just given you five hours I don't have another five hours next week as much as I like playing golf but uh, time is a precious commodity and we have to be very wise in the use of our time I got back from uh, Bangkok last Saturday night and this week I had uh, a night in Sydney and a night in Canberra and then got back from uh, uh, Canberra yesterday no sorry uh, Friday afternoon and had a leaders meeting up at Belgrave Heights Convention for the Surrender Conference and I just feel a bit squeezed sometimes in how I allocate my time and how we use our time. So let's think about how we can be generous with our time. Hospitality is something that I've been taught from a small child. There's nothing to have 12 people around our dinner table at home uh, and hospitality is important. Friendship how can we be generous with our friendships how can we be generous to look after the people who are marginalised to look after the people who are on the edges the people who don't uh, have a lot of friends and we try very hard to do that Julie and I do uh, sharing our things, our toys our, uh, our lawnmower it might be a holiday house, it might be a caravan it might be something that we've got a bicycle, a motorbike, I don't know what it was I used to have a, a big uh, I called it my Hardly a Davison because it was a cheap version of a Harley Davison it was a Suzuki it didn't cost a lot of money and I used to enjoy that, I sold it, I had it for about three years and I really enjoyed it but I also had several friends who, had, who wanted a motorbike and either wouldn't, wasn't allowed one by their wife or they couldn't afford one and it wasn't a lot of money but I said anytime you want the motorbike just give us a yell, it's in the shed as long as you've got a full motorbike licence if you crash it, you crash it, no big deal but several, uh, two, two different friends were offering me up so Richard I'm free for the weekend, can I take the bike and so I was very happy to share this hardly a Davison with, uh, with these friends because it was something God had blessed me with and I wanted to share it with others Sharing our things is important. And service to the community, service on the local school committee, service in our church, service to blow back the leaves off the front of the church before Sunday so they don't drag them all in. There's lots of different ways we can serve. On a, on a church eldership, to serve communion, to serve in some way here, but to serve also in our community because when we serve in the community we can be salt and light in that place where God has put us. So we need to be generous 
with our service. We have a shortage of sharing rather than a lack of enough. We have enough things, we have enough capacity. The thing that we're short on is our sharing. I want to leave with you this morning with 10 tips on generosity. And I'll put them up here. If you want to scribble them down, you can feel free. But uh, I've done six of these from Proverbs because my brief was talk about generosity from the book of Proverbs. So I've got six verses from Proverbs and I've got four verses from other parts of the scripture. And the first one is give when we can. <coughs> Excuse me. Proverbs 3.28. Is there some water here? There is. Normally there is. <coughs> Proverbs 3.28 says, Don't say to your neighbour, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you when you already have it with you. The point I want to make here is give when we can. If God gives us an opportunity, then do it then. Agree to do it straight away. If God gives you that chance to do something, either do it on your phone and transfer money or make an agreement with the person, yes, I will send you the money tomorrow or I will give it to you or I'll help you with my time or yes, I would love to have you over for dinner. Whatever it is, don't put off till tomorrow what you are able to do today. And this is what this verse in Proverbs 3.28 says. Don't say to your neighbour, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you then. That's actually a way we delay it. How many times has someone said, oh, we must get together for coffee. Yes, we must. And you both go in your separate directions, neither with any intention to have coffee with the other. Sometimes as people say, I must, I'd love to have a coffee with you. I say, well, send me an email, give me three opportunities and I'll try and see if I can squeeze it into the diary. So I put the, put the thing back to them or I'll say, I will send you an email or send you a note. And we'll, let's work out the time now and we'll make it, make it now. It's easy to put off uh, our, uh, our generosity. It's easy to, uh, to put off our giving or giving of our time. Givers are refreshed. When we give, it's a refreshing thing. I have to say I've never given any money that I've ever regretted. I've never given away any money that I've ever missed. And sometimes it's never good to carry too much money in your billfold because God touches my heart and I want to give it away. (laughs) But uh, often God will say, Richard, you need to let that uh, money go and you need to put it there. Really? Yeah, it's in your wallet. I know that. Okay, so I do it on the spot. uh, because, uh, And I've never regretted that. I've never missed the money that has been given away. Proverbs 11.25 says, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will themselves be refreshed. And when we refresh others, when we encourage others, when Pooh gave me that 50,000 baht, I was so touched, so encouraged and so blessed by that. And she was excited of the fact that she could give it to Entrust and it could go somewhere in the world uh, for people that needed it much more than she did. It's a blessing for us to receive it. It's a blessing for the giver to give it. And the scriptures say that we are refreshed, that givers are refreshed. So if you're feeling a bit tired and a bit lethargic, give some money away and you'll feel refreshed, I'm sure. And we're talking about generosity and Proverbs 11.24 does say, let's be generous. One person gives freely yet gains more. This was read to us earlier. Another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. And again, this is a biblical principle that we don't trade around the wrong way. We don't give to get the blessing. We give out of obedience. And it says that when we give freely, that God blesses even more. The message for the same verse says, The world of the generous gets larger and larger and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. (laughs) I really like that way of looking at it. 
If we want our worlds to get larger, then let's get generous. If we want our world to shrink and grow small and we want to be miserable, then let's be stingy and not give anything. Tip number four is to beware of greed. Sinners are always wanting what they don't have. The God loyal are always giving what they do have. Proverbs 21:26. Let me say it again. Sinners, those who aren't Christians, are always wanting what they don't have. And the God loyal are always giving what they do have. One of the things that we do with Entrust uh, is, is uh, we have some major donors to our organisation. But I print brochures, I got some umbrellas made with Entrust on them. And a little brochure had a picture of an umbrella on it that said, we've got you covered. If you want to give wisely to the developing world, we go there, we check it out, we know what we're doing. Uh, and we've got you covered so it was an umbrella and I love giving away these $12 umbrellas to multi-millionaires and, and other people as a gift and you'll be amazed at what a, what a blessing it is to be able to give something sometimes I give away books sometimes I give away other things I love giving things away and sometimes when I'm running out the office door for an appointment maybe a little late because I've tried to fit too much in the day my colleague Natasha says oh Richard don't forget to take some gifts you love giving stuff away <laughs> And I do love giving stuff away and uh, it's a blessing to give to others but we have to be aware, uh, beware of greed uh, and be always wanting more and more. I don't want to give that away because I'm actually saving for this thing and if you, all you do is focus on ourselves, if all we do is focus on the stuff that we want and we don't give away because of that then we'll, our, our, um, we'll actually not end up with what we really want and we won't be very content in that. The fifth uh, tip is the giver is blessed by providing hospitality and this verse talks about specifically feeding the poor. Proverbs 22.9 The generous themselves will be blessed and there it is again the generous people will be blessed for they share their food with the poor. They share their food with the poor and hospitality I believe is an important part of what we can give back to our communities, to each other and especially as we think about the poor and how we can give to the poor. We don't have many poor in the communities in which we live. There are some but not many. And if the Bible talks 175 times in the Bible about the poor, helping the poor, looking out for the poor, God's heart is for the poor and, uh, and I would encourage you to think about ways that you can help the poor as part of your giving. So number six, the sixth thing, and I'm just rattling through these, is remember the poor. Proverbs 28:27. Those who give to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to them receive many curses. That's very strong words. And again, it's a reminder to remember the poor, to look after the poor. So we provide hospitality to each other, one to another, but also the Bible specifically, in Proverbs 28 specifically, um, draws out our need or our, our, our God's desire for us to help the poor. Number seven is do not give grudgingly. Sometimes we can say, oh, I'll do it because I have to, I feel obligated and uh, because you know, I, I really should. But do not give grudging, grudgingly. In Deuteronomy 5, 15 verses 10 and 11 it says this, Give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart then because of this the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. There will always be poor people in the land, therefore I command you, 
to be open-handed towards your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. Again, another reference. One of the 175 referring to the poor. God's heart is for the poor. But the takeaway from that verse is do not give grudgingly. Don't give with with a grudging heart. But if you give generously, because of this, again it says the Lord your God will bless you. It may not be in material blessing, but it may be in a warm heart because you've done something to somebody else. It may be in this inner thing where you feel content because you've used a little bit of what God's already given us and you've used it to help somebody else. Now don't we think we should always think of blessing as monetary or financial blessing. It can be that, but not only that. Number eight is to live out the principle of sowing and reaping. And again it's this principle of what we reap we will sow. So it says this in 2 Corinthians uh, verse, uh, chapter 9 verses 6 to 8. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So if we're thinking about the principles of generosity and the principle of giving, let's remember to sow generously. I'm not a very good gardener but if you put three seeds in the ground you'll probably get three plants. If you put a hundred seeds in the ground you'll probably get more than that, a hundred plus. So if we're mean in the way we give it seems that God will be mean back to us and we'll be penny pinching our whole life. If we're generous the Bible says that we will also reap generously. Biblical principle. Number nine, I hope you're here. When we give we should give cheerfully. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. That's 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 7. God loves a cheerful giver. I remember my grandmother telling me that years ago. Number 10, the last one, just as we wrap up here, is we are, to be, we are enriched to be generous and glorify God. Why has God blessed us? We've been enriched so we can enrich others, so we can bless others, so we can give what God has given us back to him. And in doing so, we give glory to God. If you want to give glory to God, give away more. Give away more of your time. Give away more of your talent. Use your skill set for the kingdom. Uh, And let's uh, remember that God has enriched us in order for us to glorify him. I was at a uh, prayer breakfast, Eastern Suburbs prayer breakfast, the speaker was a pastor from Iran. He had a church of a thousand people. He said, I'm a refugee. I came the right way by aeroplane. Um, but he did say that, uh, that uh, he said, Australians, he said, I've been here now for several years. He, and the quote, I love it, I've mentioned it several places. He said, Australians are living in a giant Disneyland and they don't know it. I don't know how many of you have been to Disneyland. I went to Disneyland in LA years ago. But this Australia, our country of Australia is like one big playground, like one big Disneyland and we're living here and we think it's ours by right and we think it's ours and we, we, we're a very self-focused generation. But when you've been a pastor in Iran and you've had death threats on your life, he sees Australia as like a Disneyland and he said the scary thing is that we don't even know it's Disneyland. And when you go to places like the Congo, like Myanmar, other parts of India, Um, I have the privilege of doing that and I realise that he is correct. So there we have it, 10 tips on generosity. God gives generously to us and I just want to close with the thought of how generous are we to him. 
God gave us his son, Jesus, who gave up his life on the cross as we remembered in communion. He's given us forgiveness for our sins. He's given us everything that we have is from him. How generous are we to God in return? Let me pray as we, as we close. Father, we thank you for this uh, chance just to have a quick look at what it means to be generous. I pray that as we think about these things that you will just touch our hearts with one or two of these uh, ten ideas, ten tips on generosity. And Lord, that you will change us, you will mould us, you will shape us by your spirit, that you will convict us of a wrong attitude, you will convict us of being tight-fisted or mean, convict us of showing a lack of hospitality, convict us of not putting you first when we do our budget each, each uh, month, and putting your uh, giving or our, our tithing and our giving to you first on the list and uh, leave the other things for you to uh, look after. Father, I thank you for your love, for your care, for the way that you have blessed us in this nation of Australia, for the way you have blessed us in this city of Melbourne. And Lord, we pray that you'll help us to honour you, to bring glory to you by being generous with our money, with our skill, with our talent, with our time. We commit this week to you and pray that you'll show us ways this week that we can be generous to others. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.